I have never experienced that. <laughs> hey, if I don't know you yet, my name's Daryl Holden, one of the pastors here. If you are newer to Christ's community, um, for those of you here in person, we'd love to meet you. Uh, there's a welcome desk right out there, and if you'd stop and say hi and fill out a contact card for us, we'd really appreciate that. For those of you who are online, if you would uh, let your host know that you're there, you could hit the connect button or you could just say something in the little chat line. We'd sure like the opportunity to get to start knowing each other. So February, month of February, we are in this series we've called Bless This Mess. And it is a, uh, it's a parenting series. So we're gonna be talking some to moms and dads, but really to uh, how many of you have a kid or more that you care about, right? Just that in your life, there's a kid you can think of when somebody says, yeah, so this is for all of us whether you are mom and dad or not, um, there'll be some stuff that we talk specifically to parents about, but uh, it's, this is gonna be helpful for us. Our church has a value of, we call it legacy, and investing in the next generation, and so this, this month of February, we're really given to investing in the, in the next generation. So we're gonna be talking about raising kids. So I'm a grammar snob. English major, particularly in writing, I'll say some things that don't sound right sometimes, but in writing, so there's this, you know, the like raising kids versus rearing kids. Are you guys familiar with that controversy? Okay, so like one person is, but I'm gonna share this quote with you anyway. So Theodore Bernstein in 1965, so forever ago, here's what he says. At one time, a war raged and some skirmishes still go on against the use of raise to describe what parents do to children. The battle cry was, you raise pigs, but you rear children. However, in this country, at least, the war is over. We raise both pigs and children, and some parents will testify that you can't always tell the difference. <laughs> so good, so good. So um, let me start with some parenting statistics real quick for us. These are from Twitter. 90% of parenting is convincing your children to participate in basic life necessities. Eat, sleep, shower, repeat. 90%. 62% of parenting is improvisational theater. So we're at 152% of parenting, there we go. So, so I'm really excited for this series. I've been looking forward to it. Um, I wanna show you a picture of the Holden family. This is, uh, this is our mess. And um, I counted it up. My oldest is 30. So my kids are 30, 27, 25, and 22. So I have 104 years of parenting experience in this thing. Um, it's still a rookie in a lot of ways. And you can see from the pic, we have a grandchild. So this, is, this picture's about a year old. He's, he's almost two now. And just so two weeks ago, Marie and I, he lives in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and so Marie and I were down there. And we went, and it wasn't for a grandparent visit. We were needed to take care of him for a week. And I thought it was really funny of the Lord to drop us into caring for a toddler right before this series. Those of you guys who are, you have littles, I had forgotten. It, it's hard. So blessings on you. But uh, this, this, is, this is our family, and we really are blessed. Um, it, has, it has been a joy. We, Marie and I have, we have enjoyed parenting most days. And uh, even on the ones we don't, we're really thankful for what the Lord has given to us. We, um, we did some things right, we did a lot of things wrong. One of my favorite parenting um, tragedies. <laughs> so I always coached my kids' basketball teams. 
And uh, so when our oldest started second grade, that's when I started coaching, and I can't remember when I stopped. Our youngest was probably, I don't know, fourth or fifth grade, so a lot of years of coaching in there. And our kids, two boys and then two girls, so I was coaching our daughter, my oldest daughter's fourth through sixth grade rec league team. And we were in the championship game. And this was my first experience in coaching girls. I'd coached boys for years and years, and now I was coaching girls. And we were in the championship game, and it was close, and we were towards the end, and the girl that my daughter was guarding was driving around her to the basket over and over and over again. And so I called timeout. And our girls huddled around, and we kind of put a little play on it, and then I, I looked at my daughter, and I grabbed her by her little T-shirt and pulled her in, and I said, you have to stay in front of her. And she started crying. <laughs> and so I said, what are you crying about? And she, with tears running down her face, says, you're yelling at me. And I was, I did not know, so I just, I just looked at her and I said, well, you're not playing defense. And then the ref blew his whistle and they had to go back out on the court and I was out of the deal. So like that Holden family lore, we didn't get a lot of things right, but we did, we did have good people around us and we had, um, we have kids who love us and there is, there is so much grace of God in this parenting thing. And so what I really hope for you guys in this series, I hope we have a little fun together. I'll tell you some stories from our life at different points. I want you to know that if the Holdens can make it, anybody can make it. Like seriously, we have our youngest graduated from college in December and she, all four of my kids have grown up jobs and are off my payroll and they love Jesus and they love us and they love each other and if that can happen for us, that can happen for you. Because I'm telling you, it's not like, well, you're a pastor, you must get that. Pastor's kids have the exact same stuff to muddle through, so we just muddled through. That's how I feel, we muddled through our parenting. If you can muddle through, good things will happen. For you, And so I really hope that in this series you get, you get a lot of encouragement that there are other people who've made it, you're gonna make it. And, and that there's just grace over this whole thing for us. And so I hope this is just, this series just to blow some wind in our sails and to have a lot of fun together as a church as we go through this. So we're gonna do four weeks. And uh, this week I wanna talk with you, actually not so much about a parent-child relationship, I wanna talk with you about other relationships. And so that's why this is really important whether, whether you're a parent or not. There are other relationships that are very important for moms and dads, and all of us play a role in this deal. And so, so I wanna talk about those other relationships that, that are important for parents to do well in parenting. Next week, I wanna talk with you some about technology and parenting, because that's a thing, and crazy thing. What, what happens, what's available to our kids, and good and bad. And how do we navigate some of that stuff? So we'll talk about that. And then the third week, just kind of a catch-all of, um, call it parenting hacks, things that Marie and I and other people who've done this thing that we've learned along the way. And then the fourth week, Bill Kuhn will be here. Bill's a friend of ours from Crown College, and he's been around a little bit. And Bill's gonna talk about the power of blessing from Jesus's, from when God the Father spoke over Jesus, a blessing to him at his baptism. So this is gonna be a really good, encouraging series for us. So. So I wanna talk with you about the other relationships that are essential, they're essential for, for you to do well in parenting. And it doesn't matter if you, they just put that little baby in your hands or if you've turned them loose 
and they're trying to make it as young adults, these relationships are essential for you to have good, healthy relationships with your kiddos and for them to be in healthy relationship with you. So these four relationships, I'll just give them to you real quick and then we'll talk about them. First one is your relationship with the Lord. Second one is for those of you who are married, your marriage. Third one's with peers. And then the fourth one is mentors. And so I'm gonna break these down a little bit and then I've got a couple things to say I think that are just, that we've learned connected to a couple of them. So the first one, is your relationship with the Lord. So we're in church, you expect me to talk with you about your relationship with God. And I wanna move through this kind of fast, but I wanna give you three reasons that it's important from a parenting perspective to, to maintain and nurture a relationship with the Lord. And what I'll tell you, so those of you, if you do not have kids yet, and you see that on your horizon, you do not wanna meet the Lord the same day they put that little baby in your hands. Right? You, wanna, you wanna know him and you, want him, you wanna know he's with you and you wanna know what he's like as you move forward before you get to this point. So this is, this is relevant for us. So three reasons that parents need to know the Lord. The first one is parents need to be parented. You don't grow out of needing to be parented. You do grow out of what your mom and dad can invest in in you. They can be cheerleaders, they can be mentors, they can be some other things, but, but in parenting, you need a parent. So, so Jesus was talking, and you know, through the scriptures, God has revealed to us in a number of ways, but the highest and greatest revelation of who God is, is that he's our heavenly father. And Jesus was really making the point that He's not just your heavenly father, he's a good father. Matthew chapter seven, verses nine through 11, Jesus says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to good, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And just reminding us that we have a heavenly father and and I think one of the reasons that Jesus is talking about this, the goodness of our heavenly father is because all of our earthly fathers fell short. And, and some of them fell a little bit short and some of them fell a lot short. And what Jesus is speaking into and speaking over is just that baggage we all bring to the table when you start talking about a father. There's this thing, it's called a father wound. Like it, it actually has a label and for it, it's a father wound. It's where, it's where your dad fell short in your life and hurt you. And, and we all have it. And Jesus wants people to know that this heavenly father, he's good. So where your earthly father fell short, where he didn't measure up, where he, where he was either apathetic or hurtful, this, your heavenly father is actively passionately good for you. There's some friends of Christ's community that are in West Africa right now, and I was just checking in with them this week, and they, they wrote me back about a conversation that they've been in with some people who, who live there where they are. One lady in particular, and the name they gave me was Mary, but it's in quotes, so I'm pretty sure it's not Mary, because it's not their language, but Mary was crying as we were talking about God being Father. When we were finished, she opened up and said she felt something she'd never felt before, didn't really know how to explain it. 
But to them, it was clear that God was moving in their heart. And I read that this morning. And as a guy who's been in this kind of stuff and talked about this and know this already, it was really good just to hear what it's like for somebody who's new and fresh to this idea that, that she has a heavenly father who's good and who loves her and who cares for her. And you have to know, as, as moms and dads, those of you who are parents, you know there's those moments where you don't know. Like you just don't know. And it is beyond you. And, and you, have, you have a parent that you can turn to, a heavenly parent who loves you, who loves your kiddos, who is good, and you want to know him. And you want to know him before those moments when you're desperately needing parents. You wanna know this heavenly parent. So, so to nurture your relationship with the Lord because parents need to be parented, that's the first one. The second one, parents need supernatural courage. <laughs> you need, it takes guts to be a parent, right? They, they, I remember our, our oldest was six pounds, six ounces, 19 inches long when he was born. That means he fit easily, like his head fit easily in my hand, and he didn't make it all the way to my elbow. And they, put, they gave that kid to me. And on the inside, I was like, why are they giving this kid to me? You know, and, and then a couple, like we had three more of those moments, and by the time we got to the fourth one, I was like, okay, I think I could do this, when they put her in my arms. But They're, they, they get into stuff and they do stuff and stuff happens to them and then you send them off to kindergarten and somebody else is in charge of them for most of the day and, and then they start getting in cars with other people's kids and then they get behind the wheel of your car and there are places where you don't really know what's going on and, that, like there's, and it takes guts to be a parent, to stand and and love and engage and teach and nurture and encourage. Like it takes guts and all of that. And, and in your relationship with the Lord, this is one of my favorite Bible verses. You guys will know it if you're part of Christ Community Church because we talk about it regularly. When you enter into a relationship with God, you're not in some distant, far off relationship with a father who's never around. You are, you are in relationship with Almighty God, Heavenly Father, who is up close and personal by the power of his in spirit who indwells you and the spirit God gave us does not make us timid but gives us power and love and self-discipline. And parenting from a posture of fear goes nowhere good. We're gonna talk a little more about that in a couple of weeks just in the parenting hacks. If, if, you're, if you're parenting from a posture of fear, Fear-based decisions usually bear some kind of bad fruit. And, and if, you are, if you are afraid and don't realize who God is and that he's got you and he's got these kiddos and live out that, that love and power and self-discipline kind of stuff, when you live that out, parenting just is, a, it's a totally different thing. And so nurturing your relationship with the Lord so you have this, like you're convinced that, that you don't have a spirit of fear living in you. You have power and love and self-discipline, and so your relationship with the Lord, because it, it takes guts to be a parent. Third thing about nurturing your relationship with the Lord, your relationship with the Lord can actually lead to blessing for your kids. I had two, I think, when I first realized this, and 
was reading these verses in, in the Proverbs. Proverbs 14, 26, whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress, and for their children, it'll be a refuge. So there, there are things that, that I, as dad, that, that you as mom or dad, in your relationship with the Lord, there's, there's just some things that, as you nurture that relationship, it is a direct correlation to spiritual goodness and blessing for your kiddos. Proverbs chapter 20, verse seven, the righteous lead blameless lives, blessed are their children after them. And again, that not righteous because I've figured it all out and I'm checking all the boxes, but righteous because I'm in a right relationship with God through Jesus and I'm wrapped in Jesus's righteousness and he knows me and I know him and so I'm living that out. I'm saying yes to him and who he is and blessed are my children after me because of that. And there's just blessing that is poured out on your kids because of your relationship with the Lord. And so, so nurturing that relationship with the Lord is its first thing. So I talked about it first. It's the first importance for, for those of us who are parents. So I'm gonna say this is hard. I'm this is hard. Every relationship takes time. From the day that kid shows up, they put them in your arms. Our experience from that day until about the time they can drive themselves. When they can drive themselves places, then finally as a parent, you get a little bit of time in your life. It takes time to know the Lord. It takes time with him. And so I, just, I wanna say I know that especially if you have littles, you don't have a lot of time and you don't have a lot of energy. And I wanna pass on to you something that was passed on to me. Our oldest was probably 11 or 12. So that means we were in the thick of it there, driving people. We had three people that needed to be different places all the time and the littlest one was always in her car seat, stuck with all that. And I was talking with my friend Kathy Burr, whose who's youngest was a few years older than our oldest. So she's 10 years ahead of us in that. And I was talking about this, like how do you, I, you know, it's like I get up early and I, I don't know how they can hear me, but they can hear me and they hear me and they wake up. And it's like, you just how do you find time to spend time with the Lord when the kids are little? And she took a lot of pressure off of me and that one of the things that she told me and I have held on to this for years, she said it's really good for your kids to catch you spending time with the Lord, which means they interrupt you when you're spending time with the Lord. But the Lord covers that, there's grace, there's don't give up on being a person who, who gets their time with God interrupted because your kids are around or they need something, like hang in there and do that deal because it's really good for them to catch you spending time with the Lord. So that's the first relationship, your relationship with the Lord. The second relationship, it's important for us, it's marriage relationship. And I know this might land sideways on some of you, maybe you're, you're not married and you have kids or your marriage into divorce, but I, just, I, wanna, I still need to talk about this because we're talking about what's best for our kiddos. And so I wanna, I wanna share with you God's view of marriage and kind of contrast that with what, what is offered to us. And I, just, I picked the verses in the Bible where marriage shows up. It's Genesis chapter two, verses 24 and 25. And, and what is explained to us there in scripture as Eve came to Adam and God presented her to him. The commentary on all that is 
this is why a man leaves his father and mother, is united to his wife, they become one flesh, and then Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. So, so when I'm talking about marriage, I'm not just talking about going to a church and standing up or going to a courthouse or going to a beach and just standing up and saying some things and signing a piece of paper. I'm talking about what, what God designed is for kids to come from a covenant relationship, covenant commitment, where man and woman, man and wife stand before God and commit themselves to each other and to him. So this is a, this is a covenant commitment where man and woman come together and commit themselves to him, and what flows from that is this one flesh relationship, and it's, I think it's a beautiful expression of what Adam and Eve enjoyed in their covenant man and wife, one flesh relationship, they were naked and unashamed. So this is, this is the relationship that God created from which kiddos enter into the world and, and this is the relationship that is best and healthiest for your and my kids. Now, shortly after they were naked and unashamed, they disobeyed God and they noticed that they were naked and they hid from God. And when God came to them and said, hey, why are you guys hiding and what's up? And Adam began to blame Eve and Eve pointed her finger. So you have, they're not safe with each other anymore. Their relationship is broken with each other. Their relationship is broken with God. It was, it was a mess. And you know what God did for them? He covered them. He covered them. He, it's the first sacrifice that's recorded in the Bible, it points us to Jesus. He, he killed an animal and made them clothing and in that blood and that forgiveness of sin and in that, like he, there's just grace. And so what you've gotta hear, what you've gotta hear in this is that if, we've all messed this up. And so for those of you who are, that if, you, if your marriage ended in divorce, there's grace. There's, there's grace in that. You, haven't, like you have not totally permanently damaged your kids. There's grace to cover that. That's why we talked about your relationship with the Lord first in all that. The Bible talks about how God is a, a father to the fatherless. He's a parent to people who need to be parented. And, and so you and I have to know there's, there's grace in this deal that comes to us through Jesus. For those of you who are, who are fighting it out, like when you, if you're married and you're reading these words about covenant and naked and unashamed and these things that God holds out for us, this is what he offers to us and your marriage is nowhere near that. Can I tell you, there's grace for that. There's grace to lead you back to that. And see, so you don't have to give up on this. There's, there's that spirit of God who lives in you, power, love, self-control. Like if, you're gonna, if you're gonna experience and enjoy God's best for you, this, this is where it is and you have to walk his path to get back to it. And you gotta, as a church, we're for you in that. We are so for you in that we want to see you experience that. And if you need some help in your marriage in those relationships, then let us know. Transparency, authenticity, vulnerability, we would be glad to point you in some really good directions to, so that you could find some help in this. Because that marriage relationship, that is, that is a really important relationship. And for those of you who, if you're not married today, your relationship with your kid's other parent is still really important. It may not be able to be this, this marriage thing, but that relationship between mom and dad, 
is absolutely critical. And so, so for that relationship, for you to pursue relational health, as much as it lies with you, as much as it lies with you for you to pursue relational health in that relationship is a really important thing. So thinking about this marriage thing and where Marie and I have been, I feel like this is one of the things that we did well. Part of it's because we have a fairly easy marriage. We just, we like each other. <laughs> and that goes a long ways. Not every, not every married couple likes each other, right? We love each other, but we fight. So Marie and I have this easy marriage, so I don't ever, I wanna make sure you know that, because I know that what we have, just, I don't know why. It's not, it's not anything, we're not special. We just happen to have this. But when, one of the things that we did was we prioritized time with each other. And for us, that was a Sunday night date night. And the beauty of it, we were poor as church mice while our kids were growing up. So it, what, we weren't trying to figure out where to go out to eat. That wasn't, that wasn't on the table. We watched Sunday night football, if it was football season, in the basement. Or we picked a movie of some sort. And while our kids were little, can I just tell you, those of you who have littles, bedtime was non-negotiable, particularly on Sunday night. If you came downstairs on Sunday night, that, the wheels were gonna come off of mom and dad. And so the kids learned pretty quickly. But to prioritize time, energy, that marriage relationship, you don't have to give all your time and energy to your kids. You don't have to give all your time and energy to your kids. They'll actually do better if those of you who are married will give your time and energy to each other. And if you're in one of those spots where it's just like, hey, we're just gonna wait this out until our kids are done, that's not what God's, that's not God's best. It's not what God has for you. That's not what God has for your spouse. It's not what God has for your kiddos. He wants you to be in covenant relationship with him, man and wife, one flesh, naked and unashamed, and that's, that's available to you if you'll pursue it through Jesus. So this marriage relationship is a really important relationship. Here's the third relationship. You know, let me back up. I wanna say one thing to, um, to grandparents, in-laws. Um, I'm gonna tread lightly here because like, I'm not very far along in this grandparenting thing, but I think my theology is solid here. So, so if you are... If you, are, if you are an adult who loves a kid, the best thing that you can do for that kid is whatever it takes to nurture mom and dad's relationship with the Lord and relationship with each other. So grandmas and grandpas, <laughs> the best thing that you can do for grandkids is to nurture your child and your in-law who had the audacity to enter your family <laughs> to nurture that relationship. And, and it is not our place as, as grandparents to, to side with one person or the other or to do anything that gets in between. Mom and dad, it's not our place. It's our place to, to do everything we can to nurture mom and dad's relationship with the Lord and relationship with each other. And that's, that's I'll speak to grandparents on that, but if you are, if it's on the screen, the best thing you can do for your grandchild, your niece, your nephew, your godchild, just the kid you love, is to support mom and dad's relationship with the Lord and with each other. It's, it's we can help them win. We can help them win in that relationship. All right, third relationship. So important is relationship with peers. 
relationships with peers. These are your fellow travelers. These are the people, we're all in this together. Marie and I had some great friends, especially when our kids were little. We're still good friends with these people, we, but we were together and our kids were all the same age and we were in it with one another. And it was, it was a beautiful, messy thing. They were, it was our small group and we met different people's houses and again, none of us had any money, so we were just, we threw the kids. At that point, the, the house had an upstairs and a first floor and so the kids went upstairs and whatever happened up there just happened. Um, <laughs> And, and we might get 10 minutes in between somebody's kid, one of mine or one of theirs, coming downstairs and interrupting the whole deal. And, and the Lord covered and blessed all of that anyway, because we were trying. You know, we were, doing, we were doing the best that we could do in that scenario as a group of people. And, and we all need people with us. It doesn't matter what stage of life you're at or parenting or anything, we all need people with us. And I love Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse 12. This verse gets popped into marriages, but it's not, it's not a marriage verse, it's just a verse. And, and it's just really wise statement, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, and a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And if you know, you're parenting on your own, you know those kids can overpower you pretty quickly. And if mom and dad are together, like we got, we got a chance now but if we got friends and we're all in this together, we're gonna win this thing, you know? And, and so for, to have those people who are your peers, who are part of your journey, who are on it and who are in it with you is, is essential. You have to develop those relationships if, if you're gonna do really well as, as parents. And you need those people at every stage. You need those people at every stage. We need them today. You know, we need, Marie and I will, like, we need, we need peers in our lives, people who are doing this, doing what we're doing, in it with us. We can all kind of look at each other and shake our head and say yes, and this is kind of how it is, and pray for one another, and pick each other up, and dust each other off, and send us back into the game, you know, because you, you can't quit. So you got to have some people who are around you who will help you. So your peers are really important. And then the other group of people are your mentors, your mentors. You have to have some people in your life who've passed this way before. And we're in a, we're in a, probably in the last 15 years, and I think social media is a big chunk of this. So the world has, there's been this shift where the world was set up, so with like the one communicated to the many. And people looked for an authority figure or a person to teach, help, lead them. And the way the world has shifted now is it's the many to the one. If you're, if you're on social media, you see it all the time. You see somebody, somebody asks a question on social media and they get 100 answers. And from those 100 answers, they're, they're sorting through, okay, so what's the answer? to the question that I'm asking. And so, so the world is in a different spot. And one of the things that I think might have happened to some of us is we've, we've lost the value of a mentor in our lives. And, and I'm all for peer learning. Like we, we have to learn from one another and we learn from each other's wins and we learn from each other's failures. But you also, it's really helpful to have somebody in your life who's passed this way before and they're far enough ahead of you that we all know how their way turned out. 
I was looking at several books for this series, and many of them have been written by people, and they've got a picture of their family on the cover of the book, and it's like they're kind of in the six to 13 or 15 range, you know, so, which incredibly valuable. We need, we need to learn, because they're learning, and it's biblical principles. I'm, I'm, again, I'm all for reading those books, but we don't know how it turned out for them. And so, so this mentor idea that you would have somebody in your life that has been that way, been this way before, that you could say, hey, this is what I'm reading, hearing, this is what I'm thinking, what do you think? I love this little verse from 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 and 6. It says, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. And that's not like a just let them tell you to do whatever because the next verse that comes after it says, all of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. And, and so this relationship of people who've been this way before in relationship with people who are new, who are just trying experiencing stuff for the first or second time, trying to figure it out, relationships that are from in a posture of humility but, but learning and and gaining from somebody else's experience. And if you don't have that in your life, I, I would hate for you to miss that. Because again, Kathy Burr, my friend Kathy Bird, her one comment to me when I'm trying to figure out how do I spend time with the Lord with these little kids running all over the place, and, and I'm here almost 30 years later telling you what she said and that bore fruit in my life for all these years. It's a great thing for them to catch you spending time with the Lord. I'm so thankful that I had somebody in my life who could just, instead of me giving up or figuring that someday they're all gonna leave and I'm gonna have time, she kept me moving forward on that. And, and we need people in our lives who've been this way before. So one thing on this, just kind of wrap all this up, Peers are peers. Here's the last statement I want to tell you about peers and mentors. Peers are peers and mentors are mentors. Right? Obviously. Um, so what happens to me and what I see happening in our culture is, is sometimes we, we get this thing turned around. Sometimes we look at peers. I have a tendency to look at peers, people who are no further along than I am, as if they are a mentor. That if, if we're at the same spot in our journey, we can learn from each other, but they haven't been this way before. And so, so to make sure that I know as a person, I'm learning from peers right now. And mentors are mentors. And I have seen this, and when mentors try to be peers, it doesn't work. Because we're not in the same spot. I, for me, the technology conversation that we're gonna have next week. I, I raised kids, our technology was a VCR and VHS tapes, and we got this really cool thing at one point, like when they were, they were just about done with this phase, we got this really cool thing, portable DVD players plugged into the cigarette lighter in our car, right? So, so I'm not gonna talk to you, like it'd be, I can't talk to you about what it's like to raise kids with iPhones and iPads, and we didn't do that. But the principles, the principles that we applied are the same thing, and so, so for a mentor to approach you like we're peers is like that doesn't work either, and so peers, like let's know that peers are peers and learn from each other, and let's, 
Let mentors be mentors and, and not try to get in the weeds and engage with people and tell them what to do. And, and to know that your mentors are people that you can trust and you can, you can filter. But peers are peers and mentors are mentors. So, so relation, these other relationships, your relationship with the Lord it is central, it is core. If, if you are going to be a successful parent, you have to know him. He will parent you. And, and he will give you what you need to do this deal and he will bless your kiddos because you have a relationship with him. Your, your kids, other, their other parent, and for those of you who are still married, chasing that naked and unashamed, one flesh covenant and chasing that out. And then having other people in your life who are cheering you on, who are for you, who are with you in this deal. It takes those relationships to do that well. And I, I really hope you'll be nurturing them. So can I pray this for you? Would you guys please bow your head and close your eyes with me as we wrap up our time together? So Lord, thank you that, um, that you've never left us alone. It's, I'm amazed that you would call yourself our father and say that we could be your children. And that you love us and that you are good to us. Thank you for the marriages that are present in our church and in this community. And we wanna see your, your favor and your blessing poured out on them. And so I pray that you would help us, those of us who are married, to, to pursue your best and those of us who are around, that we would cheer on the marriages that we see and that we know and particularly of the people that we love. And may we be good friends for each other. And may those of us who've traveled this way before be willing to to invest in those who haven't made this far in their journey yet, in love with humility. Thank you that you give grace to humble people. We wanna be humble in this regard and receive your grace. I pray your grace over my friends who are part of this service. And Jesus, it all comes to us through you, so we pray these things in your name, amen.